You're listening to a podcast on the Game Day Squad Network. Afternoon, listeners. Welcome back to the Game Day Squad NRL show. Brought to you by Game Day Squad, Australia's very first NFT fantasy sports platform powered by the Ethereum blockchain. I'm your host, Gus. Today, surprise, surprise, joined by my good mate, Pari. Puzz, how are you doing? Yeah, mate, I'm uh, I'm quite good. We actually played each other in uh, in a cracker squash game last night. We did, we did, um, we did. It was followed intense. Up, followed up by some, um, some, some cracker Indian food, yeah, which yeah. is just a good night out, really. How'd that Vindaloo go through? Yeah, yeah, good mate, good mate. Yeah, good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mate, but you uh, you called it last week, Puzz. Today, we are talking about the boys from the Holiday Strip. Of course, it's the Gold Coast Titans. Now they're ready and raring to go in 2022 with a new logo and all. But before we get any further, kickoff question, giving the listeners what they want to hear. Now, Puzz, tis the season, mate summer you know early mid-jan ashes cricket is front and center for many of us now with that comes the pleasure of hearing some top shelf cricket chat so for today's question what's the best cricket chat you've heard get thrown around that made it onto the telly oh well this have been there's been some excellent chat over the years as as you know cricket truly is a uh, fantastic sport mm. uh, my favorite has to be from the second iteration of the bbl bbl 02 mm. where shane warne who was playing for the melbourne stars and uh, marlon samuels west indian cricketer from the melbourne renegades got into a bit of a dust-up, um, pretty well known to our listeners, I'm sure. Um, while the Melbourne Stars were batting, Marlon sort of half-obstructed David Hussey as he was coming back for a, for a second run. And uh, in retaliation during the Renegades innings, Shane Warne had a dig at Marlon while he was still speaking to the commentators. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. And after that, he then threw the ball at Marlon, like directly at the man. Uh, who proceeded to throw his bat up in the air in anger, which was absolutely fantastic. Tantrum um, central. Yeah, yeah. And honorable. speaking of tantrums, actually, honorable mention to the war of words between Andre Nell from South Africa and Srisanth from India, a bit more obscure, but um, a good YouTube clip. After Nell had a dig at Srisanth about not having any heart, Srisanth whacked him for six over the bowler's head and celebrated in his face, which is just, we'd love to see it. So disrespectful. (laughs) So disrespectful, yeah. What about you? Mate, probably um, yeah, probably a bit more mainstream than that. But, mate, for me, I'm loving what we're seeing from Manus at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, the no-run chat yeah. is getting some yeah. airtime at the moment. Um, but I'm personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of the self-love that he's dishing out to himself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we saw a good example the other day, you know, Benny Stokes steaming in and sending down some short stuff. Um, and, you know, Manus just throwing out an animated leave yeah. down on one knee, pumps the chest and says, well played, man. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you just love to see that sort of stuff. Yeah, a bit of self-love. I think we all need a bit of that. Oh, cool, mate. Anywho, uh, on, with the, uh, on with the Titans chat. First things first, thoughts on the new logo. What do you reckon? Um, well, I've got to say, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a fan of the new logo. Wait, give me a second before you disagree. I can already see it on your face. Uh, yeah, the, the intense blues of the armour 
contrast the menacing yellow eyes you can see through the slits like the eye slits. Um, I think the font of the Gold Coast Titans is uh, bold, powerful, sort of like the club wants to be. Um, I think it's a new era for the Titans, and I like the thinking behind a new logo and look heading into 2022. Gee whiz, well, it sounds like you're a fan. And, I am, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I can't say the same. <laughs> right. Um, you know, personally, I think simplicity isn't always a bad thing, and, and that's what they've gone for, you know, like a more simple, bold, sort of in-your-face logo. Mm. logo. Mm. But I just cannot work out what they were thinking with ditching the swords, man. That was the <laughs> best part about the Titans. Yeah, the swords right. on the logo, and they're gone. Right. You know, sounds like you're a fan of the blue. I just think it's too much. It dominates the image. Right. I'm not about it. I'm not about it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether you think their performance will correlate with how bad the logo you think is. Yeah, no? yeah. Tends to. We'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know. One thing I will say, though, is teams with a very dominant color in their logo. Um, tend to have some good, you know, alternative away jerseys. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I'm, I've had a look at the home jersey. I'm not a fan. I haven't actually had a look at the uh, away jersey, but it could well be very good. So Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a future pillow talk, actually. Yeah, potentially. Away potentially. Yeah. We'll, keep, we'll keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Anyway, mate, 2021 was supposed to be a huge year for the Titans. You know, lots of hype with the arrival of David Fafita, of course, and let's not forget Tino and uh, and the others too. Um you know, I think one thing that most people forgot is that greatness doesn't usually happen overnight. You know, realistically, the arrival of a couple of young guns isn't going to turn your club around in one year. In saying that, we're still expecting a bit more improvement. They played some decent footy, we're still inconsistent. Snuck into the eight, obviously. Finals footy, good areas there, but like they're def- definitely moving in the right direction. But I just think they need to iron out some of those inconsistencies in their in their play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you mentioned David Fafita before, and um, like a lot of a lot of people throughout the year were were giving him a bit of stick for for disappearing in games, um, and a lot of people on an overall evaluation of his season weren't too sort of glowing in their reviews. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I thought he actually showed how damaging he can be. Yeah, it's not ideal that the million-dollar man was disappearing in certain games. Um, but you got to remember, he's he's still young. It was his first season at, at a new club and a new system. He was the marquee player. Um, he's never been in that position before. And, yeah, too right. And, and despite all the hate, I think he was still doing things that other players, that they just can't do it. Like, if you give the ball to Fafita on the 20-meter line um, when you're attacking up against... I don't know, a 3v3. So he's up against a back rower, a centre, and a winger in that mm. edge defence, mm. uh, particularly in a broken defensive line. He's almost guaranteed to score. Like yeah, he, just bun- right. he just bundles people over. And yeah, yeah. by the end of the year, he was still on top of the tackle bus tally. He was averaging seven busts a game, and like second place was like a little bit below. Like th- There's a bit of space there, and he... You know, he was coming off the bench for some of the games. Like Holbrook was using him off the bench. He was playing less minutes at various stages. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought he got a bit of rough goal, but I'm looking forward to see what he can do this year. Yeah, too right. I'd agree with that. that point about sort of Holbrook and coming off the bench. I think a lot of his inconsistent footy was a function of a coach who's still working out how to use his best assets. Right. Um, so I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. Some of the, from some of the um, you know the, the slack he copped, like. Yeah, you want your million-dollar man performing better than that, but you've got to keep in mind this guy's still only 21 years old. Like he's got 
he's got more than 10 years left in the NRL. He's already left such a mark. So I think it's just a watch this space. And, gee, I'm excited to see what he can do, not only in 2022, but also down the track, particularly when the Titans get more of a bit more, oh, just more of a definitive direction, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, and it's funny, like the, the whole million-dollar man thing, I understand that clubs sort of want consistency out of their million-dollar players. They think sort of your your DCEs, your Tedescos, those, those sort of players. Mm. Um, but when you have a million-dollar player that is simply doing things that other players can't do and the potential's there and he's young, I just think that's a cause for excitement. Yeah, too right, too right. Mate, speaking of exciting young players, Jaden Campbell, obviously son of a Titans goat in Preston yeah, Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's some pretty impressive lineage. Um, but, you know, Jaden shot onto the scene this year. Glorious rat's tail. Displacing <laughs> AJ Brimson at fullback. Oh, I think we can't forget how big that is. You know, yeah. AJ's probably the second best uh, fullback in all of Queensland Rugby League, only behind uh, Caelan Ponga. Mm. So, you know, 18-year-old coming on and, and moving him around, I, th- I think that's huge. I think it's a good sign of the culture that they're really building up on uh, up in the Goldie there too. You know, young guns waiting in the wings for their opportunity. And then when that comes around, slotting into the team and doing an awesome job, you know, like they're meant to be there. So mm-hmm. Jaden Campbell headlined that, cate- that category this year. But let's not forget Toby Sexton, you know, half that came in and, and sort of filled in for Fogarty when, uh, when he was unable to play. And looks like Sexton has the keys to the team moving forward. Both Fermor displacing David Fafita, the man we huge. were just talking about, starting over him. Like, that's huge. And not only did he displace him, but he was playing some unreal footy. Uh, but even the likes of Greg Marzu, you know, huge fella. Like, what a powerful yeah. winger he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, beast. Can't wait to see him get some more uh, more time on the field. But, you know, these young fellas coming on and coming into the game and just making it their own. Like, you love to see it. Yeah, mate, get, get Greg Marzio in the team, I reckon. He's a strong man, could turn into a dangerous winger with a bit more uh, NRL experience. He's been around for a while. Um, but pairing with Corey Thompson on the other wing, a player with lots of experience in, and heart, it's not a bad balance. Then you've got a guy like Fodawaker, who's also just an absolute champion, but oh, could become yeah. a goat front rower. And he's pretty young, but he's had plenty of experience, origin prop. So it's exciting times, I reckon. Mate, it's all right. There are some really quality assets there. I think we just need to see them get used so they can all fulfill their potential. Yeah. And, you know, they've got the right pieces in their team to become a rugby league powerhouse in the next mm. couple of years. It's yeah. just all comes down to how they're going to be used. Mm. Mate, one thing worth mentioning, bit of a sad ending to a chapter which seemed to be dragged out for too long, um, in my opinion anyway, and that was the Ash Taylor era at yeah. the Titans. Um, we know they've officially moved on from having him in and around the club and having him in the halves there. Obviously, a lot of talent. You know, that 2016 season from Ash Taylor was pretty outrageous for right. a uh, for a young young fella and you know showed promising signs then but we've got to keep in mind that that was five years ago mm. and parting ways with ash i think it's just a call that had to be made in the best interests of the club yeah for sure All right mate talking about their signings for 2022 and i think we need to preface this by uh by just mentioning that compared to uh last year it's been a pretty quiet off season for the titans you know you don't sign big tino and david fafita every year but in saying that, still a few quality additions coming into the system. I think headlined at the moment by Isaac Liu. Paz, I know you're a fan. Oh, oh Isaac Liu, what a player. Mm, what a player. Mm. People don't often talk about Isaac Liu when they talk about the chooks and their success. But um, 
But man's won bare premierships, bro. <laughs> yeah, man's got rings. Man's He's got, got rings. rings. Yeah. Um, just like that. Well, he was brought in as sort of like a leader of that forward pack. So you've got guys like Tino, Fodawaka, um, Fafita, and Isaac Liu's been around for a while. I think they're looking for him to sort of, um, you know, be that calming presence, no nonsense, do your job, sort of lead from the front, coming out of that good rooster system, you know, do some bits there. Yeah, too right, too right. Can't agree more. Mate, a few, other, a few others coming on the scene. Paul Turner, can't say I know a whole lot about him, but I have heard the name floating around footy circles for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, Paul Turner. I think he was um, coming down from the from the Warriors. I think he played a couple of games from the Warriors at one stage and actually re- was really impressive in those games that he played um, from memory. So I'm not sure where he fits in in the Titans system, maybe sort of that backup half um, behind uh, behind Brimson and, um, and Sexton. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get some game time. Yeah, cool, cool. Aaron Booth, mate, young hooker coming up from Melbourne. Well, <laughs> not a young hooker. In fact, he's a mature age recruit. Man, right. he's twenty six years old. Yeah. Now this has just got Fogarty written all over it. You know, we loved seeing how Fogarty came to the Titans, not quite fresh as the daisy. You know bit of age on him um, and just dominating. And I, I don't know, I can kind of see a similar thing happening with Aaron Booth, you know, like he was, um, he was in the, in the storm 17 quite often last year, um, you know, came, uh, came off the bench, particularly when there was a bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of a uncertainty around the Brandon Smith and the, the Harry Grant situation. Not too bad. I don't know. I can see him doing good things. He's probably not the uh, the hot favourite for the number nine jersey, but I wouldn't write him off. Yeah, yeah. Like Fogarty doing absolute bits in Queensland Cup and Aaron Booth would have been around for quite a while. I'm not sure what happened in the last couple of years with COVID and how much footy he's um, actually got to play, uh, but very much could be in that mould. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. And lastly, Will Smith come from Para. Mm. Bit of a backup half there. Mm. Bit of talk about him playing 14. Maybe we'll yeah. explore that a bit uh, a bit further in the 1-17 to 17 chat. But sure. uh, no, anything to say on Will Smith? Uh, not really. Just like a good player to have around, I guess, can fill in anywhere. Too right. Too right. Mate, moving on to a few of these losses, and, and one of these in particular... It hurts, and I think it's left us both dumbfounded. Um, you know, one of your favourite players in the game, Jamal mm. Fogarty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard because he's, you know, spent all his career playing playing footy in that area and worked really hard to play for the Titans. We've talked about him as a mature age recruit, played insanely well for the Titans, became captain of the Titans. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's weird because as a half, you hear the commentators talk about it all the time, how that it takes up to, you know, 80, 90, 100 NRL games for halves to sort of find their footing in the NRL and feel comfortable. Yet you forget when you're watching Fogarty um, last year in particular, he was just, he looked like that that captain that's been around for ages, knew the ropes, led from the front. Too right. Um, so that's that's a loss. Yeah, too right, too right. Another one, Tyrone Peachy on the way out. He's been in the Gold Coast system for quite some time, sort of floating around as a centre and a you know bit of a fill-in back rower when he gets the opportunity. Um, on the way to my Tigers, I'm not totally opposed to that. You know, Tigers did need some signings, and Peachy was probably the best on the market in terms of who was available. It is a loss for the Titans, though. You know, Peachy's been one of those kind of unpredictable, dynamic players who can come up with absolute brilliance but you know it can also be a little bit inconsistent here and there but I think um, you know he had a pretty good season last year and he's starting to mature without a doubt so not a bad pick up for the Tigers bit of a loss for the uh, for the boys on the Gold Coast yeah as we talked about Ash Taylor heading off to the Warriors not not the worst thing for the Titans I don't think um, Mitch Rain 
heading from the uh, from the Titans to the Eels. Mm. Sort of that no nonsense hooker um, in the Andrew McCulloch mode. Sort of, sort of knows knows his job, makes tackles, not overly dynamic, um, but sort of you know a bit of a stalwart. Mm, too right, too right. And mate, last one that I think is worth a mention anyway is club legend Anthony Don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a player and what a man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna miss we're gonna miss seeing him on the TV. Mm, mm. You know, yeah, he's done. He's good and yeah, just also all that stuff. It was also good, you know, early 2010s, anytime <laughs> yeah. try scorer. Like, yeah. it, was a good, Love that. it was a good market, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. A couple of, couple of young guys moving on as well, Sam Stone and Jai Whitbread. Um, they, got some, they got some game time for the, for the Titans over the last couple of years, sort of filling in in that, uh, in that forward rotation. Um, but they are moving on. Yeah, mate. So given all those, uh, all those gains and losses, do you think the roster is better off or worse than it was in 2021? It's a tough question, isn't it? I think Fogarty is such a huge loss. Um, and since you actually talked about Peachy, I think that that utility role, I don't think Peachy was ever used to his absolute potential. He had some good, when, when he was playing 14 and coming on as lock or starting as lock, he had some really good games in there. Um, but I think Fogarty, Fogarty's loss makes it a bit of a um, balancing act. The whole the whole new era thing um, is interesting. Like it could work out sort of getting these young guys in. I mean, if you think about the Titans spine, you've got Campbell at fullback, um, who's only started playing NRL last year. Brimson at six, who hasn't really played six before. He's chatting to Darren Lockyer about transitioning from one to six. Lockyer yep. being a pretty good example of that. Mm, Sexton's mm. a rookie. He's played four or five um, games last year. And then you've got Aaron Clark at hooker, who's sort of been the bench hooker or started a couple of games here and there. So, I mean, new era indeed. Mm, too right, too right. I think, um, you know, on paper, I hate to say it, but it almost seems like they've made a backward step in terms of high-quality roster yeah. or what, what the quality of that roster is. But... You know, on paper and in real life can be two different things. As we know, you know, like you said, it definitely does mark the new era. So, yeah, probably got to sit on the fence with that one, but we'll see how it pans out. Sure. Yeah, good chat, Buzz. Good chat. Anyhow, it is that time of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially our most favourite. I mean, who likes talking about footy anyway? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are we cueing that music? Is that music yeah. playing? Yeah, cue that music. Yeah, cue that excellent. music. Excellent. Mate, here we are, Halftime Pillow Talk, back again. Now, today on Pillow Talk, we're talking about a certain time of year, and it's actually that time of year right now, you know, just gotten through Christmas, got through New Year's, and it's that period of time where the rugby league community is emerging from (laughs) those few months of hibernation. Yeah, yeah. And you start to see some of the, uh, you know, some of the players and some of the dribblers in that community roll out some things to wet the palate Mm. and stimulate us for the upcoming season. Mm. Mm. So, Paz, I believe you've got a couple of things you'd like to mention and just things which get you excited for the footy season. Yep. Take it away. Yeah, so I've I've sort of got three things written down here. Um, Number three is... I guess I guess this one. If people are listening to, to this podcast, I'm hoping they're interested in, in fantasy sports. I mean, being you know game day squad. Um, but when we get that that push notification, notifications on, Gus, are your notifications mm. on from this? Yeah, schedule? always. Yeah, always. Yeah, always. Good. Yeah. Uh, push notification from the NRL fantasy app, which reads NRL fantasy is now 
Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were a couple of times towards the end of last year, you know, after the season finished, where I typed in NRL Fantasy, you know, onto Google or checked the app, and it was sort of like, you know, thank you for participating in the 2021 NRL Fantasy season, and there just wasn't any action on the screen. I couldn't see my team from last year. I couldn't see the new players and the prices. And something, you know, that agitation was getting to me. Yeah, Um, yeah. And when when, when that notification came in, I I was on. I had the spreadsheets open. I was doing some absolute bits with the salary cap. I was just, wow, wow, yeah, yeah. It is... It is one of those things, and I find it a little bit bittersweet, to be honest, because obviously there's the excitement of the upcoming fantasy season, but then there's just a wave of regret and, <laughs> you know, thinking about last year's poor decisions, yeah. going down in, you know, the prelim final to one of your mates who was, you know, giving you the chat all season, particularly when you're someone like me who just tends to lead the league leaderboards throughout the regular season, right, coming champ. in consistent week to week and then crumble, you know, when it really starts to matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was head noise, eh? Head noise, head noise. Um, but more related to the actual footy itself, uh, number two is generally pops up on um, your social media pages, uh, but it's seeing the NRL.com and Fox Sports writers put out their season previews and predicted 17s oh, uh, wow. for, for, the, for the future season. I think um, one of the two this year went with uh, Squad Game as their, uh, as their, you know, title, you know, playing off the famous Netflix show Squid Game. Mm, um, mm. I, I have a theory. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, it's because it's Squad Game and we're game day squad. Do you sort of see oh, the similarities yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I wonder where they got that from. Yeah, I know. Obviously paying very close attention to what we're doing. Um, and yeah, well, uh, you know, good friends of the pod. Uh, NRL.com and Fox Sports. So. Too right, too right. CK, Don Brock, if yeah. you're listening. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and number one, Gus, number one. Here we go. Just, you know, picture this. It's a... Uh, Saturday, mm. you uh, you know watching the watching the cricket as it's on today. You know fourth day of the of the Sydney Test, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, days day of cricket is finished, and there's an ad that starts to come on, and you hear that music, <laughs> and it's the oh, Fox League main theme. My goodness. Outrageous, outrageous hype that that song creates. And usually you hear it about, you know, early to mid-Jan through to early Feb. And it manages to stir this sort of visceral emotion and like outrageous excitement through the, it's almost like a piano ballad type intro melody, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty stripped back. But then those drums come in. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah, yeah. and then you get those, like, you know, majestic, uplifting, triumphant trumpets. And if you play these things in isolation, it's sort of just like, you know, individual sounds. But yeah. when yeah. brought together with some, you know, Fox League graphics and, um, you know, occasionally the an odd NRL player, like, dancing mm, in an yeah, empty yeah. warehouse or room. Flames in the background. Flames in the background. <laughs> Balls being spun on fingers occasionally. Some, uh, some budget yeah. breakdancing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It truly creates something special. C- can we hear it? Let- let's mm. hear it. Let's hear it.
must say that is a pretty special tune. Like yeah. I am just hearing that now. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Jeez, I can't tell you how excited I am right now. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, mate, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like that is a pretty tremendous aspect of um, of the preseason hearing mm. that Fox League main theme come in. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, you know, the, the Fox League main theme, it is a um, you know, I guess guess it's a bit of a ballad of conflicting emotions, let's say, much like the footy season, you know, this tremendous uplifting anticipation and then often juxtaposed by just abrupt sadness. And yeah. I think that's something the Fox League main theme does capture quite well. Um, you know, in my mind, nothing triggers a wave of existential sadness like watching the last bit of live content on Fox League. Oh, and, no. You know, as they don't have the grand final broadcasting rights, just quietly, like, let's do something yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah. fix it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's often uh, post-prelim, Sunday night, Matty Johns, 11.45, you're tired, you're sweaty, you're not looking forward to work the next morning, and mm-hmm. you're just clinging onto every little shred of live Fox League goodness you can before returning to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so in doing that, obviously, you make your way through the entire Matty John show, yep. you know, sit there during ad breaks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Watch the entire end credits scene. Yeah. And you're met with the final seconds of the Fox League main theme. Oh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, no. That somber grand piano just ripping out the hearts of all footy fans. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's just so sudden after a big climax in the song. Yeah. You know, the trumpets are going yeah. off, yeah. thigh slapping. Like, it's all happening. It's all happening. And then <laughs> it just dies, this somber death. And, yeah. You know, I think the way that tune ends is just so reflective of how most footy fans feel upon the conclusion of a season. You yeah. hit these peaks. Yeah. And abruptly, you're brought back down to it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you, but like once that song finishes, like I continue staring at the black screen for a second, and maybe the next show like sort of starts. It's sort of like a rerun of the fan or something. (laughs) (laughs) And like I'm just sitting there in silence, and I'm really sad. And like you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. But like, like I'm not crying. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm getting emotional. Yeah, she was. She was. But. You know, mate, as, uh, as Gandhi once said, love hurts. Yeah. 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 Facts. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mate, we, uh, we ought to move on. That was some top shelf dribble, mm. as, uh, as, as usual. Well done. Well done. Waffle. Yeah. Now, we might jump straight into the 1-17 to 17 for the mm. Titans. Um, you've, you've put a team list together, have you? Yeah, yeah. I'll whiz through mine, see what you reckon. Yeah, um, go for it. So, Jaden Campbell at fullback, as we've talked about. Um Philip Sammy and Corey Thompson on the wings with Brian Kelly and Patrick Herbert in the centres. Yep, Greg Marsu yep. waiting in the wings, unfortunately. Um, Brimson and Sexton uh, in the halves. Sexton playing at seven. Isaac Liu and Fodawaka uh, in the front row with Aaron Clark at hooker. Um, Big Tino at lock. 
I've got David Fafita starting next season. I think it's about that time. Has to be done. Yeah. Um, with the second row, with Fogarty gone, like Proctor will move into like a proper captaincy role. Um, but both firm has been playing out of his skin. So I've got Proctor slash Firma there. If, Pro- if Proctor's captain, he's got to start with Firma coming off the bench. Um, but bit of, you know, bit of something there. Um, Will Smith or Aaron Booth at 14, depending on what Holbrook's feeling. Uh, Jared Wallace on the bench with Sam Lazzoni to uh, go into that forward rotation. And then either Bo Firma or Kevin Proctor for that last bench spot. Yeah, mate. No, fair play. I think um, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good coverage of all the... Um... All the positions there, I think. Yeah, Mofo definitely starting in. Uh, you know, in the front row there with Isaac Liu, great shout. With the um, with the back row, I think Kevin Proctor's probably going to get the nod. Yeah, he's. Um, I think in that you know one to seventeen, he's probably the only player right now who's captain material. Yeah, agreed. you might see some blokes step up into that role this season, but mm-hmm. I think Proctor's got to get the start. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's unfortunate because both Fermor is playing like starting thirteen. Level footy, yeah. you know he's um, yeah he played out of his skin last year, as you said. Um, I like what you've got going on with the bench. I don't know if Will Smith's going to get the nod over Aaron Booth. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think you could even see Aaron Booth start at fourteen and work his way into that nine jersey oh, throughout wow. the course of the season if Aaron Clark doesn't uh, you know d- doesn't play particularly well. But you never know. Um, but no, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I think, um, yeah, my, my 1-17 to 17 is very much the same as that. Jamin Jolliffe, do you reckon he gets a run on the bench? Yeah, I mean, like, could could do. Could do. Yeah. Good player. Yep. And, uh, and Jared Wallace, I think he gets, um, yeah, he's in there too. Yep. The walking penalty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's <laughs> got to be in there though. <laughs> yeah. Big, um, big force. He's, yeah, uh, yeah got to have him, got to have him in the side. Yeah. Mate, given that, moving on to some fantasy chat. What we're all here for. Um, I'm going to start things off with a prospect, David Fafita, no brainer, hands down. Um, and he actually also gets a mention in Game Day Squad's top five fantasy players to build your team around. It's a uh, blog post written by one of the boys here. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Link in the description. Um, but on Fafita, despite all the ups and downs, you just got to keep in mind it's his third year in first grade and he's still only 21 years old yeah yeah like, ridiculous um perhaps it's a topic for debate but perhaps the most sought after dynasty asset in the game if you're looking for a long run asset yeah yeah um you know even this year and we're saying he didn't have that good of a season but most tackle breaks in the league he's going to continue to score more tries than any other forward more moments of brilliance to come in 2022 and i think once the titans sort out their halves conundrum and get some stability there. He could be, could well be, the greatest fantasy asset in the game. Yeah, can't wait to tear open my pack and see a legend for feeder in there. Ugh, yeah, nah, yeah. not happening. <laughs> yeah. Not happening. Um, Toby Sexton, um, mm. good track record with a very small sample size. Um, averaged around the 60 point mark last year without any tries. And he's going to be given the key to the team. Um, lots and lots of kick meters. He'll likely do the goal kicking, etc., etc. Uh, with AJ Brimson, his halves partner, I think that Sexton's going to be doing close to all of everything, really. All of the kicking, all of the playmaking, everything's going to be going through him. So after, like, what, sample size of four last year, we're already saying that Sexton could be a prospect. Yeah, yeah, too right. <laughs> Sounds like you're labelling Sexton as a game-managing number seven. Oh, I think he's a bit small as well. Does that fit your mould? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's probably a bit too tall for my liking. Yeah, okay. But okay. Um, yeah. it's still game-managing half. You love it. You yeah, love it. yeah. 
mate, another one we've been talking about a bit, Jaden Campbell. Good genes, got that lineage, as we said. Um, but I think we, you know, that, that should probably get him a few points anyway. But, um, mate, absolutely an electric player. Again, we're going off, off a small sample size, but last season, averaging almost a try game, 140 metres, four tackle busts. And I think with a full off-season under his belt, we're going to see that passing game unlocked, particularly as he develops those synergies with those outside backs too. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be racking up those tries in no time. Um, you know, evidently long-term fullback for the Gold Coast and a great asset to have. In saying that, like if you're going for a long-term hold, don't be surprised if it takes him a few years to really start firing consistently. But once he, you know, once he fills his boots and fills out a bit, he's a pretty skinny fella. Um, I think we're going to see one of the best fullbacks in the game, no yeah. doubt. Yep. Mate, traps. Anything for us? Well. We both love this player. Mm. Uh, we both love his Instagram. Such a good um, gram game. Yeah, yeah. I think large Simpson. Large Simpson. Such good chat. Yeah, such yeah, good chat. Yeah. I think there was a Dora the Explorer last year as well at some point, yeah. like How 2020, good. 2021. Um, but AJ Brimson, with a uh, very heavy heart, uh, he's 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 a trap in him. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree, mate. Like I love him and love what he brings. But the consistency has always been an issue. Now, given he's been playing fullback, you can kind of understand that he's found that a bit difficult to inject himself into games and, you know, get his hands on the footy. Um, but even when he was playing fullback last year, he's averaging 160 metres, which is one of his main scoring avenues. And I think the man's going to struggle to get those sort of metres in the number six jersey. Do you? Yeah, and I totally agree. And he's not going to be doing much of the kicking either. His, his points as a running 5'8 are probably only going to come from his attacking stats. So with run metres going down, not a lot of kick metres, he's going to have a pretty low base. And unless he's making line breaks or setting up tries or busting tackles, uh, I don't really see where the point's coming from. Yeah, yeah, mate. No, I agree. And... You know, I can see him kind of busting the line and, you know, throwing some tries. It's just it's not a certain thing. And the potential's there, but I just need to see a bit more. So I think, unfortunately, you know, I've got to class him as a trap. And mm. oh, it just sounds disrespectful because he's such a good player. But yeah. I think he's just the sort of asset who's, you know, in real life, he'll play unreal footy and mm. can add a lot to the team. But it just doesn't always add to a good add up to a good fantasy score. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Mate, Pods, got to talk about it. Anyone yeah, you were yeah. eyeing off? Yeah, so well, <laughs> I know you're not a fan, but, uh, you know, Aaron Clark. So so starting hookers as a general principle are always a plus in fantasy. I'd say less so in the past couple of years with the new rules, um, with the six agains and the quicker pace, et cetera, et cetera. And there aren't as many 80-minute hookers around. So a couple of years ago in fantasy, your bench is just absolutely filled with the hookers. Uh, in these past couple of years, not so much, more of the halves. Um, and I doubt Aaron Clark is going to be playing 80 minutes. His fantasy output in the past has not been amazing. <laughs> uh, even when he was starting last year and playing 60-odd minutes, he wasn't doing amazingly well. And he's not a good PPM player at all. Um, but things might change this year if he's been told that, you know, He's the number nine. There's no Mitch Rain around anymore. There's more responsibility for Aaron Clark. Can he add to his game? Uh, can he, you know, have a good fantasy season? Yeah, mate, I've got to counter that with a couple of points. Like, you know, he can play a little bit of half. He's not an out-and-out hooker. 
and you have got some other people with you know similar characteristics in the uh, you know in the top thirty. You know, Will Smith is coming on. Naturally, he's a half, but can also fill in at number nine. Booth coming up from Melbourne. I've got some raps on him, yeah. and yeah, you know, I think he could be. I think he's got Aaron Clark in his sights. You know, I agree with you. I think Aaron Clark will get the number nine jersey for round one, but I think Booth is going to hunt that man down and yeah. pinch we, it off him. Are we just talking about another sort of person coming out of the Melbourne system? Are we talking about uh, the Melbourne system again? Goodness me! <laughs> yeah, goodness me! Seems like we are. Um, but yeah, mate. I think to be honest, I'll be avoiding Aaron Clark, but by all means, you go for him. <laughs> Waste your money. <laughs> That's fine. And I'll just continue to accumulate more fantasy points on a week-to-week basis than you. Oh, well, I'm, I'm cut. What about, what about Fodawaker? Are you a fan oh, of him? Oh, mate. Probably my, my pod. Yeah. My, maybe my pod of the year. Yep. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Mate, I'm big on, I'm big on MoFo. Big I love on. MoFo. I love MoFo. So, a couple of things to keep in mind here. So, you know, played a bit of front row last year, obviously, mainly can also kind of play in the lock. He's one of those through and through middle forwards. Doesn't matter what you do with him. Um, averaging 50 minutes and 140 metres, about 27, 28 tackles a game and a couple of tackle busts. Mm. Now, those numbers do sound like you run of the mill, slightly above average middle forward. Um, but I just don't think that's the case for Mo Fodelaker. And he is a top shelf fantasy asset. Not only nowadays, but I think also for the future given that he is only 22 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if there was a David Fafita of the front row, you know, young player, promising, up and coming, I think it's Mo Fodawaker. Yeah. And, you know, the Titans have got him as well. Mm. Um, like, snagging that Mo Fodawaker NFT yeah. would just be like picking up a young Josh Papali, in my opinion. And if you can reap the benefits of that, as he comes into his peak years over the next, you know, five, six, seven, eight seasons. Like, you know, you can't put a price on that, can you? Um, no, no. And, and I think he is probably in the top, what, three or four front rowers in the game probably, right now. Probably, well, you know, starting Queensland. Prop yeah, exactly. On, and on his day, like, he's maybe the most destructive prop in the game. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, he's, he's a pod for me. So, you know, if you find him in a pack... I would be holding on to that. Yeah, mate. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting that Fodder Waker in my pack too. Um, what do you reckon? Where are Titans finishing this year? Ladder prediction. Ladder predictions. Oh, geez. Mate, to be honest, this year, I think it's a backward step. I've got them just missing out on the eighth. Right. Um, I'm going to put ninth place on them. Yep. So any uh, yeah, any Tigers fans who are sweating on that ninth <laughs> place again, yeah. yeah, you'll be pleased to hear that we won't be <laughs> occupying it this season. <laughs> Um, you know, I can just see it happening. I don't know. I feel like I've got the crystal ball right now. Yeah. And, you know, last round, it's going to come down to point difference. Mm. Titans playing for the opportunity to play uh, finals football for two consecutive years. Right. They've got the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium in, the last, <laughs> right. in that last round. Yeah. And, you know, I can just see Warriors winning at home, putting 30 points on them, yeah. ruining the season, yeah, you know, yeah. blowing at that point difference. And you know, some team <laughs> like the Knights or, or the Sharks or someone else sneaks into the eight. Yeah, How about yeah. you? Well, just on that, like a Titans and Warriors final round match, like it's just prone to having a top eight spot on the line. Yeah. Sort of yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. a low scoring affair in wet conditions should be an excellent finish to the season. Ugh, um, usually the fantasy grand final, you're hoping for points. It's a wet day. No one's getting yeah. points. Oh, 
Yeah, um, yeah. No one but Tohu Harris. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, similar to you, actually, I think the Titans' fight for the eight will be a great narrative this season. Um, I think they'll tussle with teams like the Sharks for a spot in the eight. Um, on my ladder, if I had to make a decision now, I've got them at ninth, but I've got a soft spot for the Titans. I really, you know, I hope they, I hope they make the eight. Yeah. Why do we keep agreeing on these ladder positions? I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't like it either. Yeah. But no, we'll see. I mean, if they make the eight, that eight, that's great. Like, if they can get a bit of momentum in the right direction, that's that's awesome. But I don't know. I just still see it being a few years off, and they need they just need a few more pieces in that puzzle. So, right. right. Yeah, we'll see. Mate, so full-time thoughts. We'll wrap things up. Um, you know, I think I've made it clear I'm pretty concerned about whether or not the Titans are going to be making a step forward in 2022. And I think a lot of it's got to do with this halves situation. Uh, you know, obviously we're not seeing how their off-season's going. And Sexton and Brimson, Brimson are, are quality players, but I just don't know if I can see them playing good game, managing footy together on a consistent basis. Right. Um, you know, they've got some of the best strike assets in the game, but they need a bit of stability around them to really start firing. Um, now, fortunately, you know, the likes of David Fafita, Mo Fodawaka, Jaden Campbell... They've got plenty of years left in them. Um, so it's not an urgent situation. You know, the the Titans don't need to be challenging for a premiership in the next year or two. Um, but yeah, I think 2022 could just be another backward step for them. Yeah, interesting. I've got, I think I've got a little bit more optimism just because of how well Sexton went last year. I mean, the fact that they're pretty much handing the keys to the team over to a four-game rookie and they you know, let their captain go to another club. That's pretty significant. Um, so I'm just looking forward to seeing AJ Brimson and Jaden Campbell making, you know, line breaks on the halfway line on a sunny day on a hard and fast track at Skilled Stadium. Yeah, you can see it score under the black dot. Yeah, yeah, you can see it happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all for that. That'll be a good, uh, a good sight. <laughs> yeah. No, mate, good chat, good chat. All righty, well, who's, uh, who's next? Um... I think there's a bit of a jump from the G of Gold Coast. I think we're going to Manly next. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Bit to talk about there. Bit to talk about. 